Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall. As I interview leaders in the industry, we'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Are you a bar addict, a social butterfly, or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar-tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy now, pay later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. Welcome to episode nine of the Bar Variations podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting about worthiness and my journey to finding what that meant for me, as well as sharing the interview I did with Lauren Castile, owner of Balance Yoga Bar NYC. If you can hear in the background, sounds of the city, there's a siren going if you can hear it in your headphones. Um, But first, I've got some upcoming bar variations events that I would love to see you at. So coming up next on October 5th, I'll be teaching the Teaching Deconstructed Workshop in the Chicagoland area. That's in Downers Grove in Illinois. This workshop is for those who are already teachers looking to bridge the gap and gain a new bar perspective with the bar variations method. October 19th and 20th, it's two-day training. I'll be teaching the bar variations teacher training as well as the teaching deconstructed workshop in Brooklyn, New York, my home base. So you can come to one day or both and no prerequisites required for the teacher training. Then November 2nd and 3rd, Bar Babes Unite. I'm co-hosting this event with my girls Shannon and Nadia, which you can listen to our interview in a past episode. And this is a community event for all bar babes with masterclasses, workshops, vendors, swag, a night out on the town, and and some afterburn parties. It's going to be epic. The one in March was epic. I cannot wait for this one. Then to end the year to round it all out, top it all off. December 19th, I'm teaching a master class as well as the Teaching Deconstructed Workshop in London, England. I'm teaming up with Natalie Muse, owner of Energy Bar Body, for an amazing master class. And the following day, I'll be teaching that Teaching Deconstructed Workshop. So if you're in London, you're in town before you head out for the holidays, come meet up. So that's it for 2019 on teaching engagements and events. So stay tuned later on for 2020, but I hope to see you at one of these coming up. Okay, now worthiness. I can't help but hear the Wayne's World scene in my head of Garth and Wayne repeating, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. Every time I say the word worthy, just me, I don't know, maybe some of you, am I dating myself? Was I too young to watch that movie? Probably. (laughs) But what I know to be true is that we are all worthy. And with the word worthy, I start to struggle with the word deserve, which oftentimes comes with 
the idea of what it means to be worthy. It's one of those words I would like to erase out of my own vocabulary because it's one I will attach to a sentence or a false truth like, I don't deserve blank, or what did I do to deserve blank, in a positive and a negative way for that one. So yuck, ugh. I don't like either of those thoughts. And instead of working in that state of I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, I want to move towards feeling and owning my worth. So I do struggle with that word deserve and, you know, I'm always thinking about what worthiness means to me. So I'm going to let you in on my journey to owning my worth. Ever going journey, guys. I am not perfect. I am not, (laughs) I've not reached the top of the mountain. So my ongoing journey of owning my worth and I am a recovering yes girl. I spent years and years saying yes to everything. Like, yes, I can teach on my day off. Yes, I can come in for another client. Yes, I can do that time. Yes, I can help with blank. Yes, I can do management work without being paid. No problem. Yes, I can write copy for free. Absolutely. Yes, I can wait for that raise. Yes, 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 yes. Now, I'm a helper and I like offering my services and I like helping out, but I was doing it at the expense of my paycheck and time. And although worthiness is not all about money, it is really, really about the energy I'm putting in as well, right? And that can be attached to the dollar sign. I was overextending myself for others at the expense of my health and wellness, 16-hour days were my normal, and I thought nothing about offering all that I had, like everything, all of my time, all of my resources. I wasn't able to recognize that I had something of worth that could not only be monetized but could save me from a doctor's trip for heart palpitations. No joke, at 24 years old, headed to the doctor, did my stress test, and lo and behold, I had some things going on that I needed to take care of. Nothing serious, but it was a good wake-up call. I was operating under the belief that because I chose to go to school for dance, I didn't have the skills of someone that went to, say, business school, and that I somehow had to continuously prove my worth through offering my time and my skills for free. So bottom line was that I was waiting for approval at every turn, waiting for someone to reward me and tell me my worth. Now, while I was waiting for approval, what I didn't realize at the time was that not everyone would give it to me or give me the approval that I really needed. Guess what? Spoiler alert. It's deep, deep inside you. (laughs) What I really needed, of course, was self-approval and the ability to give myself permission to ask for what I believed I was worth, like asking for a raise, like saying no to taking on extra work that I didn't have the energy for, setting those boundaries. I didn't feel like I could say no because I didn't feel like I had the skills that were worthy of saying no because, well, I just didn't have the time and I was worth more than that, right? So if you don't ask, you won't know the answer. This quote can be related to outside opinions, right? If you don't ask, you don't receive. And if you don't ask, you never know what they're going to say, right? But when I started to ask myself some hard questions, that is when it really started to change for me. And some of those questions I would ask myself included, what dollar amount really excites me? 
Am I receiving the same energy input as I'm outputting? In an ideal scenario, what does my work life look like? Does blank align with my mission and my purpose? These questions allowed me to put a value into things that I was saying yes or no to. So the clearer I got about the vision I had for my work slash life, the clearer these answers became. I was able to discern from what was merely an ego booster or what I like to call a shiny object compared to an aligned project or opportunity. So by asking myself these questions, really knowing the answer to them, if something came my way like extra work or another teaching opportunity or, you know, another class, I was able to really sit there and be like, well, is this for my ego? Because, well, I know I can, but it doesn't always mean I should. And am I really aligning with this? Is it going to move my vision and my mission and my purpose forward? So the radar I continue to refine makes it easier to say a big heck yes and or a big heck no. So when it comes to what is worth my time, money, and energy, I got to go through this hole poking, this pros and cons list, this weighing of options in order to really see if something is in true alignment with me. Not to say that I'm not going to help out, not to say that I'm going to extend myself when somebody is in need, but what it's going to allow me to do is set boundaries when I'm really not in a place that I should be maybe teaching more or I should be doing other projects that maybe aren't bringing in any income right now, or even for myself, should I start a new project that doesn't have the resources behind it, whether that's money or skills or the tools to do it. And so I'm able to sit there and be like, is this worth the time, money, and energy that I potentially will put into this thing? And sometimes, yeah, it is a big heck yes. Yes, of course I will sub that class for you. You've been there for me. Don't worry. You're in a hard spot. Whatever it is, you know, karma, whatever you want to put behind that is totally great. So having these questions, these tools are super helpful. And another fun activity, I don't know, maybe fun to me, I did as a way to realize the unique skills that I have to kind of tell myself, like, I have experiences. Just because I didn't go to business school doesn't mean I don't have the same skills as somebody that may have gone. So this little activity was a way to act as if I was writing my resume and filling in that special skills section. And I encourage you to do the same. Make a list, make it about all of the things you can do or have done, right? So sometimes we don't know that we've kind of picked up skills and talents along the way of our life and experience and our work. And I'm going to share what might seem an inflated uh, special skills section, but bear with me here and we're going to own it together, right? So some of my special skills include dancer, project manager, content creator, fitness program developer, expert movement professional, blogger, mentor, social media influencer, conference presenter, children's movement teacher, fitness video producer, author, event planner. I know, sounds like I'm tuning my own horn. Sure. And I say toot away. These are skills I have and that can be used 
in the work that I do now and in the future. It's skills that I can put towards the work that I'm doing for myself, and it's also skills that I can offer to other people. They're also a part of my experiences that I've had, and then I can share with others to help them boost their own business, right? So along the way, I've done a lot of things, and I'm sure you have too that you don't even realize. Maybe you are a content creator. Maybe you're a copywriter. Maybe you are an expert time manager. Hi, my mom's out there, right? So get creative in thinking of this unique talents and skills that you have. So again, I invite you to have fun and free writing your special skills and to then look at them with value, not only money, dollar sign value, but also as a value of the work that you do, a part of the whole, right, that brings value to what you have to offer. Everything that you've done along the way up until this moment today is of value, whether it's a lesson that you've learned or whether it's a skill you've picked up. So see the abundance that is your life's experiences. You have so much to offer. And I know the moment I own the fact that it gave me permission to go after life with a full heart and with less fear to ask what I was worth and to do the things that made me feel worthy and that were worth it to me. And this ties beautifully with last month's community question, which was, quote, what does abundance mean and look like for you? I want to share a beautiful message from one of our BVVIPs on our Facebook group. Shelly said, a grateful heart, especially if I feel lacking in some way. Reminding myself what I have to be grateful for makes my life feel more abundant and full. That's not to say that I hold myself back from something because I think I already have enough, but if there are situations where I can't have something I want or the universe is saying, quote, not right now, then gratitude helps me feel abundant in the meantime. Abundance also for me means to incorporate a certain level of balance. Too much of anything, even the good things in life, that I'm passionate about can shift from feelings of abundance towards overwhelming if there isn't balance. What a gem right there. So if you need to listen to that again, rewind. So beautiful from Shelly. She's a part of our BV VIPs Facebook group, which you're all more than welcome to join. It's under Bar Variations VIPs. It's a group where I pose these community questions as well. People are supportive and positive, and it's a place where we can connect in another space. So check it out. Thank you, Shelly, for sharing that. And now for this month's community question, what steps are you taking to own your worth? Share your answer with me via email at info at barvariations.com. Join the Bar Variations VIP group on Facebook to share your answer, or you can even leave me a voice message if you're listening via Anchor. I'll share all the links in the show notes, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. All right, up next, my interview with Lauren Castile, owner of Balance Yoga Bar NYC. She opens up in such a beautifully vulnerable way and has such an amazing story you won't want to miss. So stay tuned. If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. 
Good news. For those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. will add an extra bit of fun to your workout with apparel designed for and inspired by the bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, then you'll be happy to know that they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of bar to the world. Check out their go-to line of screen-printed goodies included workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts in training. And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping. Hi, listeners. Thank you for joining. And I'm here today with Lauren Castile, co-owner of Balance Yoga Bar, New York City. Lauren, a lover of music and dancing, completed degrees in musical theater and vocal performance from Oklahoma City University. To duplicate the activity of her dance classes, she decided to try bar at Balance Yoga Bar. Lauren fell in love with the studio, the classes, the instructors, and the community. Her passion for the disciplines offered at BYB led her to begin teaching in October 2014, and she knew right away that studio life was for her. And after marrying the love of her life, Eric, partner in crime, in October 2016, the couple decided they were ready for a new adventure and moved to New York City. Lauren, not wanting to leave BYB behind, decided to bring it to her new city. So they opened December 2017, and Lauren is thrilled to share her love for BYB and with the NYC community. Welcome, Lauren, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, thank you. Happy to be on. Yay. So we originally got connected through Instagram, and we were able to collaborate in real life co-hosting a charity event for um, breast cancer awareness. So again, thank you for sharing your story with us today and joining in on the podcast. Of course. (laughs) Happy that I can. Great. Well, I want to start at the very beginning. Um, How did you start getting into movement? Were you a kid? Were you a little bit older? How did it all start for you? Yeah, I was like two years old and my mom could not get me to sit still. So, <laughs> so she took me to a dance studio and they, they usually didn't take students till they were three. And I, I was a couple of months from that. And she was just like, please, please take her. <laughs> please exhaust my child. And so um, I started taking dance classes and I lived in St. Louis when I was a a child. So I started taking dance classes and started with ballet and tap. Um, And then I I started doing gymnastics and stuff like that when I got a little bit older, but then I kept breaking my arms. Oh no. (laughs) Crazy. I had like three broken arms in two years. And, um, and so like gymnastics, a couple of other things that I tried to do didn't work as well for me, but my dance teachers were always really happy to help me modify things. So, you know, I, I did like performances with casts. Oh my goodness. Um, And so (laughs) I was always really inspired by all of my dance teachers and everything. Um, and then, you know, I went to high school and I, I did just music musicals all throughout. I was a cheerleader for a little bit in high school. And um, then when I went to college, I, I, you know, I just took dance classes my whole life. And, and so I had to take dance credits for my music theater degree. And I loved those. But then I graduated and I was like, where am I? I don't have my dance classes anymore. And there, there weren't a lot of like adult dance classes in Oklahoma City uh, where mm. I went to college. So I actually bought a Groupon. My, my friend and I bought a Groupon. And um, 
kind of going back a little bit, one of the reasons, one of the other reasons that I, I wanted to get into something was I had, I actually was struggling with an eating disorder at the time. And so my friend like found this Groupon for us and was like, Lauren, I, I think that Balance Yoga Bar might be great for you because, you know, they are just so positive. And she had read good things about yoga with eating disorders. And then since I missed my dance classes, bar fit in so nicely with that. So um, we started going and I, I was like addicted and I started going to 12 classes a week. <laughs> And so, so I just, I just kind of got to know the owner because I was there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which now we have clients like that. So yeah, well, that's such a big shift. And, you know, thank you for being so open, um, you know, struggling with something like an eating disorder. And it's so common in the performance world. And oh, yeah, it's also so hard. And you're saying you're a very active kid. It's so hard to go from being so active all the time and shifting into maybe college where you're not really as active unless right. you're ma- majoring in it. And because you had those classes, it was available to you at a pace that was still working for you. And then to all of a sudden abrupt stop, if you decide to go into a different career, can you describe that a little bit? Like what that felt like going from just almost like yeah. <laughs> full on to yeah, big well, transition? I, you know, more than anything, I- I've always been kind of an active person just naturally. I-, I try to do things and I walk around a lot and everything, but um, man, I just was like, I felt, I, I felt like something was missing from my, from my happiness recipe, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, I think that there's something, there's so, something so special to me since I love music about moving with music. Mm-hmm. And so that really brought me happiness. And I, without it, I, I felt just like a bum. <laughs> but yeah, even, you... even if I was still active, it just it felt like there was something for me that I was not getting that I had had my whole life almost. Yeah. And in that search for, I mean, we we're all, you know, on that ever quest of happiness, but recognizing the things that do light you up, like for example, myself, like it's movement, it's community, it's creativity, and it's nature. You put yeah. all that in a bowl and I'm like, just flying around like that's your happiness recipe exactly so (laughs) can you um add to your recipe what else is added to that if you'd like to share with everybody Uh, yeah music uh movement community and friendship is a is a huge Mm. thing for me um the color pink yes glitter glitter (laughs) (laughs) i i just had a conversation that they'll probably um before you with the girls from the London method and we were talking about colors a lot and I was like you know I love when I go in to teach and everyone's in the same color and especially oh, if it's yeah. not black I'm like it's on like if my colors show up if my animal shows up like my, the things that trigger <laughs> my number if my number comes up I'm like oh my god it's um yeah it's everything so right. I I get it like you just need to find those things that so every day you know every day is not maybe most glorious day and when you're having one of those harder days, it's good to revert back to your own recipe. Totally. Totally. Um, oh, that's amazing. So I have to ask as a fellow lover of musicals and someone who thought that they live their life on the Broadway stage, <laughs> I did make that 180 degree shift into modern dance, very un-Broadway. But um, I have to ask, what is your all-time favorite musical? Oh, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I always loved Into the Woods so mm. much. 
dark, um, dark Lauren. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, my my high school did it my senior year, and I was Cinderella, oh, and we had like just a really oh. great group of us and all my close friends. So I love that one. Um, and then I saw Waitress on Broadway last year, and I have to say that that that's the, my favorite one that I've seen. I think mm, mm, um, I love it. I um yeah. I don't know if your husband um enjoys them as much as you do but I've recently tried to um get my husband into more like of the movie musicals and <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago I took him to we lived in California and we were going to see movies at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery which sounds superly morbid but they have this amazing like empty lawn yeah I've, I've heard of it totally yeah and they do the outdoor movies so they were doing singing in the rain and I love 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 oh. that movie and so I took him and he was like why have I never seen this before and not too long ago, we were um, debating whether to see Mary Poppins Returns. He hadn't seen the original, and I'm like, you got to see the original first and whatever. So we ended up watching West Side Story, and I think it changed his life. <laughs> and I was like, I would never peg him. But yeah, so does your husband indulge in the musical well, theater? So we actually went to school together. We went to the same uh... school. We didn't We didn't know each other that well in school, but... Um, I majored in music theater and vocal performance, which was kind of like a focus on opera. Okay. And he, wow. he did his focus in opera. And so, but, but he did plenty of musicals, you know, through high school and college mm. and everything. But we, we actually now hardly get into musicals at all. Um, we, my senior year of school, I actually was, I actually joined his band uh-huh. and we started, um, just like getting really into that instead that you know uh, mm. aspect of performing like a live band and to this day that's my favorite my favorite way to perform that's so sweet do you guys still perform together so we do we do these like little kids music classes um we work for this company called the <laughs> maestros that is really cute but we also like our, our drummer from our band when we lived in Oklahoma City also lives here in New York with us. So we, we are working on putting something else together. Just oh my goodness! Uh, and if you know, list- it's just running a business is is taking. <laughs> yes, before <laughs> we get into <laughs> totally, and before we dive into that, um, for our listeners, if you don't know, Lauren's husband um helps run the biz. So yes, yes um, so. I know he's not here and you're speaking for him, but how did you guys meet? Uh, this sounds like the most romantic. You guys sing together. I want to hear more. I'm sure everyone else <laughs> wants to hear more. Too. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we, yeah, we just, I joined his band. I, I actually, I was actually dating one of his, uh, one of his friends. But, <laughs> um, I joined his, I joined their band. Um, it was kind of like a whole group of us, of, of our friends that had this band and, um, we our musical styles just um worked really well together we we wrote music easily together and uh just could cooperate really easily and so we we became friends really really quickly and then at a certain point our we we were like inseparable best friends Mm. and it just kind of turned into something more and it Mm. it kind of surprised us when it did and then uh and then once we decided that like this oh wow this this is this works this is perfect then it just we never really looked back there you go yeah and we got a cat and and (laughs) he has moved to like several different places with us and 
right now. He's actually sitting here and he's trying to get into a bag that I have sitting on the yes. floor. So oh <laughs> I love it. I love it. So after college, um, you start taking bar classes. It was Balanced Yoga Bar, the first studio you said you got a group on. Was that the first yeah. studio you went to? Um, well, I had been to other yoga studios before, okay. a, a handful of other yoga studios. Um, but I hadn't done bar before. Uh, had, I had done a little bit of Pilates, but not a lot. And so I bought this Groupon. It was for like a month of unlimited classes. And I just, I fell in love, like, immediately. And at that point, I was working several other jobs. I was nannying part time. I was bartending at a giant Dave and Buster's in Oklahoma City. (laughs) And um, I was singing in a church choir. I had like, I had like all these different jobs going on. And so yeah, just (laughs) hustling, living that life. (laughs) and um and yet like I I made enough time in every week to go to like 12 classes (laughs) okay I started to look at it and I was like wow this if I'm if I'm really committing this much time even though I'm so busy I should see if I can you know make this into something for myself Mm. um I still I still would like to do more with music in my life but you know, unfortunately, two college degrees in music does not guarantee you anything. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have a degree in dance, so I total. But you know what? You use it in ways that you don't. It's not the path most followed. Right. Totally. Right. Totally. And it's hard. <laughs> and, well, you know, and with these kinds of things, there is no like one path that you correct. should go or that you can go. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. So I got, so I just was like, I started to think about it and I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to be an instructor at BYB one day. It felt like so out of reach though for me for some reason. And then Mm -hmm. um, my best friend who was going to classes with me was like, hey, you would be so good at this. Um, And so I, so one day I talked to the owner after class. And she just said, you know, we're not hiring right now, but if we are in the future, I'll definitely keep you in mind. And um, like two weeks later, it was not long at all. She kept me after class one night and said that they had an open class or two that they needed to fill. And, you know, could she train me and send me on my way to teach? I was like, like, yes. So I did that. And I started off with just like one class a week and then um, eventually had two and then three and four kept getting more classes but at this point I still had like four other jobs so they they started opening up other locations in Oklahoma City it had been fairly new when I had started and so they they have in Oklahoma City they have uh, like one location in Oklahoma City proper but then one in Norman which is just south of OKC and then one in Edmond which is just north of OKC so when they opened up their Norman location, it was opened up by a, a new woman, this, this woman who actually now owns all of the Oklahoma City locations, and she co-owns the, the New York location with us. Mm. Um, but she was like, hey, I want you to teach for us. And I was like, I have all these other jobs, and I, you know, I, I just would need a certain number of classes if I'm going to quit these other jobs. And she was like, okay, let's make it work. How many classes do you need? <laughs> so which was amazing. (laughs) And so, yeah, yeah. And so she actually gave me enough classes to where I was able to quit everything else. 
That's so great. And I mean, cause you, it is the gamble, right? Like you don't, and it's a hard transition because it's, it's a reality. Like you don't know how long it's going to take right. to build up um, class schedule or clientele, but committing to being there all the time, I mean, certainly helps. And that's, I think what's hard um, as an, a new instructor, you know, you, oh, have yeah. to, you have to immerse, well, from my experience, I had to immerse myself in that studio. I had to be around all the time because the people that got asked to sub at the studios I was working at were just there. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't about who was better, whatever of that. It was like, are you there? Are you in front of my face? Can you cover my class? Great. It's yours. Right. <laughs> well, I'm like now as the owner, I see that, you know, when they were looking at me as an employee, they were seeing somebody who was so dedicated to their business that I was there even when I wasn't working, you know, I was there like 12 hours a week, just on my own. Absolutely. The so, training you got just immersed in the culture. It was right. I far that, beyond. I, I know, I, I know that they realized right away that I saw their vision for what they wanted the BYB community to become. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was something that, you know, they were like, okay, if, if you're going to be that committed to us, we'll show you, you know, that respect back. And so they, they gave me all those classes. And so I was able to really just do that. And um, I now I've taught like thousands and thousands of, of bar classes. And <laughs> I, I also teach hot Pilates. Yeah. And a little bit of hot yoga. And um, so, you know, I, I've really been able to find my voice as an instructor and my style because I was able to teach so many classes kind of from the very beginning. Right. Sometimes the best, it's like, just get out and do it. It's the best way to do it. Oh yeah. (laughs) You're only going to learn by learning, right? You can only learn what you don't know by trying and doing. And um, yeah. And I think as like, maybe now looking back and I know when I was talking to my parents about going to college and I'm like, I want to dance. I'm like, what does that mean? I was like, I don't know, Broadway maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it is not like, it's, I was like, well, maybe I should have done this before. I wish I knew about this. And I kept kind of like retroactively being like, oh, I should have before. And it's just stuff I didn't know about. And because it's not such a straight and narrow path, like, did you have a dream in the beginning of college maybe, or even a conversation with parents of like, this is what I want to do. And oh, then, yeah. you know, yeah. I, just, I had no idea. I mean, I was, you know, you're just so naive when you're that age and you don't know the you don't like know the vast number of people that are going to be competing against you in the performance world, you know? And so, um, I mean, I, I was definitely like, Oh, I want to be on Broadway and all these things. And, um, that really just changed for me as I got to know like the industry a little bit more. And as I, as I started listening to like more and more styles of music and, um, singing more styles of music was a really big thing for me. I had mostly just, you know, um, always been in musicals in high school and in my voice lessons in high school, we'd work on opera and musical theater. Um, but one day in college, I just like brought in a Janis Joplin song and I said, I want to do this. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, my voice teacher said, well, okay, I, I pretty, I'm an opera singer, but, but we'll, let's give it sure. a go. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so I, I sang it for him like one time. And he <laughs> said, Lauren, this is what you should do. He said, I, I, I know that your whole time, I was like a senior in, in college at this point. He was like, I know your whole time here. I have said that you could be, you know, a coloratura soprano or a belty music theater singer, but now I'm changing my mind and I think you could sing <laughs> rock and pop. <laughs> Okay. You just never, you never know. Um, This is something I don't tell many people. I, I can't say I was a singer. I sang. So I took voice lessons (laughs) growing up and it was something that I did privately. My parents have heard me sing, I think maybe once in their whole time. I took voice lessons all the way from 11 years old until the end of my college. And the joke is like, we've never heard, we don't even know if you can sing. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it I loved it and my professor at college was this very well-known opera singer in the community yeah and he was like I don't understand like go audition like no no I just like didn't have the confidence or whatever I was like telling myself I wasn't good enough and what all of that but it's something funny like I haven't sang in a long time but I'm just like oh that's such a funny thing that it no, not many people know about myself, but they're just like, oh, you yeah. sang? Because I was so bent on being like, I want to be in a musical theater dancer. And then when I found modern dance, I was like, oh, no, this is it. And yeah. I don't have to sing to be a modern dancer. <laughs> so and when you, find, like, when you find that, like, thing that really sparks happiness for you, yeah. you know that, um, you know, that that's the right thing. Yeah. And the path there could be taking music class you know it could be taking anything that you get exposed to something that you don't know about right and right it is always so funny to think back when you have those years under your belt of like how did I get here <laughs> <laughs> right right and yeah it's like my two music degrees and then singing in a band have now led me to own a bar studio in New York <laughs> <laughs> what it's so, it's so true so you were teaching for a while at BYB and so how far along into that teaching um was it brought up about coming to New York or making that change or how did that come about well so you know I'm not from Oklahoma City I'm from St. Louis originally and my husband's from Texas so neither of us were from there and uh, other than BYB which I was in love with we and our and our friends we had awesome awesome friends that lived there that we were very close with we still are um, but there just wasn't anything that was really keeping us there Mm. and we had always we had always talked about leaving, you know, uh, leaving Oklahoma City at some point since that wasn't really where we wanted to be. But uh, we didn't know where we wanted to go for sure. I always assumed that I would live in New York because for a long time I thought I was going to, you know, go for Broadway. Mm-hmm. So he had actually lived in New York before for a little bit, um, but he didn't like it because he lived in a small apartment with like six guys. Mm. And, <laughs> As you do. And, had like no, and had like no idea what he wanted to do really. And so yeah. he ended up moving back to Oklahoma city and that's when, when they started their band and we got together a little, a little while after that and everything. So um, we really weren't sure where we were going to go. We got married in October of 2016 and about a month later we were like, okay, let's, let's commit to somewhere. Let's commit to moving. And uh, we we thought of a couple of different places, but 
every time we'd name another place where we could possibly move, we were like, oh, but New York. <laughs> like it just seemed like it was the place for us, um, no matter any other good idea we had. So we just decided to do it. It was, it was November of 2016, and we were like, let's move by May. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and then it was, it was kind of a crazy several months. Um, in January, uh, Eric lost his job that he had in Oklahoma city because it was a a small company and it closed unexpectedly. Um, and so we were like, we didn't know if we'd be able to move to New York still, if we'd be able to save money for it and everything was just really stressful. And so we went to a, a new year's party that the owners of the balance yoga bar in Oklahoma city were throwing for all of the employees. And we got there a little bit late. And so the owner was a couple of glasses of Prosecco (laughs) deep. (laughs) And she says to me, Lauren, are you going to teach somewhere when you, you know, when you guys move to New York? And I told her that I had been looking around at some studios and that, um, you know, I just wasn't sure because nothing was like BYB. And what I really like about teaching about at BYB is that you have total freedom over your own classes. Um, I never had to, you know, start with legs and then do abs and then arms. You know, there was no format that I had to follow or anything like that. Uh, they, they're very loose on, on everything and let the teachers really be in control. Mm-hmm. And then I also said that there was nowhere that had hot Pilates and bar. Uh, hot Pilates is like kind of hard to find here, which surprised me. But um, when I told her that, she was like, "Well, you should just open a balance yoga bar in New York." <laughs> <laughs> Eric and I, I kind of like looked at each other, and we were like, uh, "Really?" And she was like, "I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe." <laughs> and so we were like, "Oh, uh, yeah. Let let's see if we could." So we had a couple of meetings. We like really after she just kind of like had that idea kind of, I don't think that she was even like that serious at the time, but Mm -hmm. she was like, Hey, you know, if you guys want to put in the work for it. Um, So we really kind of gunned hard for it after that, after we heard that idea and we figured out a way to do it um, with them. And so we just like had a lot of meetings with them and, and kind of figured out what we would need. Now, one kind of funny thing is that they had never been uh, to New York. Um, (laughs) The owner, Adrian, who I love and her husband, Clendon, who is like some of the backbone of our business for sure. He does so much. Um, Neither of them had ever been to New York. They have four kids that are like nine and under. (laughs) And, um, you know, so they, I think that they kind of had no idea what they were getting into as far as like New York real estate prices and everything when we were, when we were talking about opening and, um, Eric and I had been to New York and he had lived here for a little bit, but to say that we knew what we were getting into would be a lie. (laughs) None of us did, but it's, it's all been better. Probably better for it. It's Yes. Yes. 100%. It's better than any of us could have ever imagined. Um, But we just, you know, none of us knew exactly what we were doing, but they had opened up three locations in Oklahoma City, and they were gearing up to open one in Tulsa. So we thought, hey, you know, let's, yeah, why not? Let's do it. It was like, I had always thought that um, owning and running a studio would be something that I would be good at. 
And I immediately really understood the community vibe of BYB. So I thought like, you know, I could be the great, a great person to bring that to another city. Um, so we, you know, we brought it here. And when we moved in May, um, we just had to find a space, which took a long time. Actually, we found a space within like a month and a half. But just all of the back and forth with the uh, real estate company and our agent and like, all, you know, all these different things, the negotiations, the signing of every little document took months. Mm. And so we opened in December. And, um, and then it was like December 9th and it was pretty funny. Our, our first day open was the first snow of the year and it was SantaCon. Oh God. If and anyone so- doesn't know what SantaCon <laughs> is, Lauren, do give them the pleasure of yeah, telling so them. Like, bars basically do specials for people who come in dressed as Santa and like, you know, Christmas themed things, elves and Mrs. Claus. <laughs> and so basically during SantaCon, there are just thousands of really drunk Santa Clauses walking yeah. around. It's frightening. It's frightening. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we are located in a pretty busy area that has some bars right around it. So um, it was very funny, like during our first yoga class, all of the students are in Shavasana and there were drunk Santas just like yelling and laughing and ho-ho-hoing um, to their heart's desire. <laughs> and I was, like, in the lobby, like, freaking out. My face was, like, red. I was, like, shut up, Santa. <laughs> We're trying to have our first of us. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah, great. We had small little classes for, like, our first couple of weeks. We opened, like, right in the middle of December. And so, um, you know, we had a couple of classes with just like one person. I remember we had one class um, that it was a bar flow class, which we have. It's like half bar and half yoga. And I had planned a lot of push-ups and tricep work in particular. And we only had one person show up. So I made Eric take the class, my husband. I made, I made him take the class too. And he takes my Pilates classes all the time, but he just hadn't done that much tricep work in a long time. And he like couldn't lift his arms for a week. <laughs> I think that's like the hardest thing. I think the first time my husband Lou saw me teach bar and I've been teaching bar for a long time was actually at your studio when we did that event together. And he was like, he was like, I was like, wait, you've never, he's been to some of my Pilates classes. I'll give him credit. He's taken more yoga classes, um, with me. Like we've been to yoga together. Like we'll, we'll fall like in and out of it, but like taking my class, mm, fewer than you would think so it was his first time watching me teach bar and he was like oh my god I would never do that I was like oh my god don't say because it's so hard he was like he does hard workouts but he's like oh my no I that's a lot of hips that's always what he says it's like all in the hips I know I know Eric is always dying with the hip exercises (laughs) I'm like you need it you need it oh that's great that's so great um going back to your move now did you guys do any like driving cross country or did you like fly oh and hit the ground running? Oh, there's, this is a story. <laughs> 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 we, 
It was crazy. Um, in Oklahoma City, the so we, we moved, we left Oklahoma City on May 1st. And right before, like the, the, a couple of nights before, I think two nights before, there was a crazy storm there. Um, and it totally knocked the power out of our house. Like full on ripped the power box off of the house. And so um, it was an unseasonably like, 40 degrees in Oklahoma city in May. And we had no heat, no power in our like last two nights in our house. And we had packed up our truck with everything. So we had to sleep on the floor um, with, with like no heat. It was like a miserable last couple of days in Oklahoma city. And uh, we were driving to St. Louis where my family lives to stay a couple of days there with them before um, making the rest of the trip. Well, I didn't realize that the storm that had knocked out the power had gone all the way through um, the main highway that you would take from Oklahoma City to St. Louis. And so we are on the highway and all of a sudden we start seeing signs that the highway is closed because of flooding. So I'm, I'm using Google Maps and I, I, I'm in my car and Eric was in this giant truck with literally every single thing that we own. And so we get off the highway because it's closed and Google Maps takes me on the weirdest detour that I've ever had to take. It was a gravel road with cattle guards in the road. It was a one lane road, like <laughs> not, not like one lane each direction, just one lane. And as soon as I turn onto it, the semi truck is coming my way. No. And so we have to like get out of the way and like figure out how to get around and, and, and everything. And so then we had no cell phone service and we end up on this small little gravel road for like 45 minutes, um, driving through floods, like just we're, the determination, I, your yeah. commitment, and your positivity and so got like, you. There. It did. So I, we get back on the highway. We're like, oh my gosh, okay, we made it. And then the road closes again. So mm. Google Maps is taking me on another detour, and um, the road is flooded up ahead, and there are cars stuck in it. So mm. I like can't take the detour. There's we don't know what to do. And so this little guy, uh, this little country guy comes up and he's like, hey, I, I live off of a, a small road over here that can get you back to the highway. So, um, but it's like a long gravel road. But <laughs> he's like, if you just want to follow me to my house, oh, no, I can point no. you in the right direction. And Eric and I are like, okay, this is where we die. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like, See you guys. See ya. We didn't have any other choice, but this, this guy ended up being so nice. And so we followed him and then he put us in the right direction. Again, we had no cell phone service and ended up on this road for like an hour and a half, all gravel in the woods. Oh but God. we got back to the highway. Um, and then this, and then it started right. We were in St. Louis for a couple of days and it started raining while we were in St. Louis and the rain ended up following us all the way from St. Louis. Uh, we stopped in a little hotel in Pennsylvania one night and then we drove to New York. It did not stop raining our entire oh trip. I mean, just like pouring down rain and we got to our apartment in New York and we were subletting an apartment with a friend in Washington Heights. And I have never, I mean, to this day, I've still not seen it rain that hard in the city. And we had to move all of our stuff into a fourth floor walk up. It was making and, you work really hard. Oh making yeah. Sure. And you it was were really like, committed. It was so hard that by the time we got our mattress in, it had been soaked, soaked all the way yeah. through. It was like, everything was, 
a mess um and like the trip to get here we were like okay we're just working so hard to reach our goals because (laughs) the trip here was tumultuous so we you know we did make it but it was it was quite the road trip yes oh my goodness um my speaking of you know no cell phone service I'm not from far I'm like I grew up in New Jersey but there are pockets in Connecticut and Jersey where you do you lose cell service and when I started driving my dad would insist he's like obsessed with maps like we always had an atlas in our house he would quiz us on capitals and I would always be horrible but he would still do it anyways and it was like a game to like see who could know where the most obscure place was so this past year, I think he was feeling very nostalgic. He bought everybody a big, giant roadmap of the entire country. <laughs> well, and well, you know he what? He's <laughs> yeah. I was like, I mean, I don't have a car anymore, and I was like, Dad, you forgot I don't have a car. But <laughs> it was like his way of being like, you need to, you know, always be prepared, and you can always find your way, right? Yeah. And, um. And then he would have probably told you, like, see, if you had a map in your car. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, Eric, like, and, I, I Eric and I were like, uh, you know, we, we had sold our cars at this point and got to the city. And we were, like, so sick of driving in the rain. We were like, cool. We're, I thought I thought I'd miss driving. But um, <laughs> no, screw that. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's nice. You get used to it. You get. I do miss it. I do miss it, like, yeah. sometimes. But, yeah, every time I go home, I'm like excited to drive my parents cars yeah but when there's more than one way to get home it does feel like a relief when it's not just like okay this is the only road and I have to stay here oh yeah (laughs) there's more paths to be taken um so now you guys are New Yorkers you're here and do you have you know you have the Santa Con story but can you share like a quote-unquote only in New York would you see or hear kind of story (laughs) um yeah oh my gosh like there are a couple of things um one of the one of my favorite things that we did after we moved here and I I don't I mean I really haven't seen anything like this anywhere else um we got tickets to the barefoot ball which was like in the summer of 2017 and um it was so much fun and like I don't know if you've heard of it I haven't actually. I don't think that they did it this past year, um, but they had like I don't know. They had I, I think I got a ticket on like Guilt City or something like that, mm. so um, it, it wasn't too bad. And like it came with unlimited rosé and wine and all this stuff. Oh. The ticket did, and then you could be barefoot if you wanted to. But I didn't really see anybody there who was. But then the the kicker was that Grandmaster Flash was DJing. <laughs> yes. And I mean, he's like, you know, one of the original, like, you know, well-known DJs. And we had watched that show, The Get Down on Netflix, which was Mm -hmm. kind of all about like the beginnings of hip hop. And he was a huge part of that and um, in the show as well. And so it was like, it was still to this day, it's it's my favorite thing that we've done here in New York, other than open a business. (laughs) Um, Like, it was just so awesome just being, it was in Bryant Park. And it was beautiful out and like having, you know, one of the original master DJs, uh, DJ, a whole like hour and a half, two hour long set. That's so. As much as New York can like chew you up, it also has these amazing moments where you're like, 
so like yeah and inspired well, and just connected and there's so many people here and it's easy to get overwhelmed by that but then sometimes I like to like take a take a step back and just remind myself how amazing it is there was one time when we were getting on a, a subway car that was jam-packed and Eric almost didn't make it on the car actually because it was so <laughs> packed and by the time we all squeezed on there, it was so packed that my feet were lifted about a centimeter off of the ground. Yeah, been there. <laughs> and Eric was like kind of annoyed. I could tell he was annoyed. And everyone around me, I could tell, was really annoyed. And I had like the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> Eric was like, are you okay? And I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> I'm not touching the ground. All of these different people are like so close to me right now that I can't even touch the ground. <laughs> I, your positivity and your spirit, it just, it comes through everything you do. And I'm going to tie it back to teaching. And how would you describe, do you describe that as like kind of your teeth? Like that I feel like is you in essence right there. Yes. Off there you know, um, but how would you in your own words describe your teaching style? Um, it is a jam. My, that's always how I try to make my classes. Like, um, I don't, I always want people to be really happy. Um, mm -hmm. I, not that, not that a hardcore workout, like is not what, what we want. Cause it definitely is, but I want you to be happy while you're doing your hardcore workout. And I like to constantly remind people like about why they're doing this. And, um, like, bring them back to things that are going to keep their mindset positive throughout class. Like, constantly trying to, like, inject the room with positivity. Um, because I feel like people are, are not going to give up as often if they're just happy. And they're going to come back for more if, you know, they feel like they had a, a positive experience. So, we, I mean, our studio is really happy all the time. That's that so is great. It's, I mean, I, I'm with you in the sense that like, yes, we all want to get that workout, whatever the results mean to you or not mean to you. It's, it's really the movement for me is also secondary. It's like the movement's going to speak for itself. It's going to do its job. You're going right. to move your body and challenge it in different ways. But what else is there? Like, what is bringing you back to that room? And as teachers, I think we do have a responsibility of setting the tone like what what do we want to bring into that room and how are we holding space for everybody and that's not just a yoga totally. thing anymore right it's it, what is our language what are we saying to our students right right um you know I'm all about you know having your cheerleading background like very motivating and I'm I'm not like I'm not knocking boot camp type of teachers but I do kind of use that as a word of like I'm not a put down teacher I'm right. not like right if you don't do this and you can't do this if you work now you get the beach body or whatever I'm not a put down teacher where I, right. I I just think our language is so important where I do I don't know if you see this I do have some clients that come in and they want to be quote unfixed oh yeah I have this wrong with me. Well, I was always told that my ribs pop out and, oh yeah. And like, you know, make sure you watch this because I always do that or tell me what's wrong. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Right. I'm like, you're good. You got here. Now let's move and see what's going on and have fun because there's nothing wrong with you. 
Right, right. That, I think that a lot of people don't. I mean, in I, a sense, even, like even yeah. myself. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm at a point now where in my journey with myself that, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more happy and comfortable with who I am. But I think that it's really hard, uh, especially with like Instagram culture and everything that's out there. It's hard not to compare yourself to those around you that you see and you know we'll have I've had people come in and be like okay what do I need to how many classes do I need to take to look like you guys to like look like an instructor mm-hmm. and I'm like okay well first of all don't all take our, class ever again no I'm kidding you know, like, first of all, all of our instructors look different you know and that's yeah. like I, I think that that's important to show clients to show students is that um you know there is not there is not one bar body no. there's not not like a certain level of physical fitness that you have to have in order to do it um and so and the other thing is like we're all meant to be different I always tell people that if we all were the same that life would be really boring yeah and does that like do you kind of tap into your own experience having an eating disorder like does that kind of come into play when you're mentoring your students and your teachers and kind of that language that goes yes, into it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, yeah. even right now with the studio, we're doing, um, you know, this class challenge for the month of January, people can take before and after pictures and just track their, their progress if they want. Um, and, and their, their goal is to complete 21 classes in 31 days and to eat healthy meals. And I always try to make a point of it when I'm talking to people about the challenge is like, we're not trying to make you lose weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not, I, I don't care. You could put on weight during this challenge. And you, if you were, if you were eating healthy every day and you're moving every day, you're doing something positive for your health. Right. The challenge is to making that commitment and just right, moving. Right. right. And I, I think that so many of us or so many people just focus on image um, as physical fitness you know, and it's true. It, when it's, it's not, I mean, I've seen, I've seen, uh, girls who are like, who would look like they're in great shape, not be able to do a single push up, And I've seen girls who are 200 pounds, be able to knock out 20 push ups Like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, your, your size does not determine your level Absolutely of not. physical fitness. And if you, if you are someone who feels like you're not in, um, not in good shape, then you if like you can't be too afraid to go work out Mm -hmm. which I know that some some people especially with like a gym I I know that the gym can be very intimidating for people and so I always try to create like this space and this you know welcome environment for people um, that have not felt like they could find their place to work out before to, Mm -hmm. to to just do that because we all have to, like, we all, we all need movement in our lives. It's not that it should just be for people who are already in shape. If you want to get in shape, you have to, you have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, and there's different like levels of that. And I think with Instagram, there's a lot of studios that have cropped up that are made for Instagram. They're made for advertising. They're they're made for marketing. They're, you know, it's a fun enough class. It's a, you know, good enough instructor, you know, even great. There could be great instructors there, but the atmosphere and the culture created is to be seen. Yes. And, um, not felt. I I think that that's, yeah, it's a big, that's a big thing. Like, I think, I mean, not that I don't think that Instagram can be used as a wonderful tool for like 
you know, reaching out to those who, who might be benefited from, from your community and things like that. And I know that people have found us through Instagram, which right. is really nice, but that's not really what we're doing. We're, we're not, we're not like an Instagram. Yeah. And it, well, <laughs> and there's, we're, and we're there's nothing, right. And there's nothing wrong with those scene places, but it's important to have places like your own and cultures like myself, like where, it is inviting. It, you don't have to look a certain way or you don't have to even know how to do these moves or whatever right. it is because you have right. to start somewhere. And I just think it's important or even Pilates. Pilates is very intimidating. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. what do what is the language being spoken to make everyone feel like they can? Or is it not even just intimidating in a sense of like a put down way, but intimidating of the in the way of like, being almost overly cautious yeah. in in moving through your classes of like okay like this this move is a big deal you know and and so like my approach sometimes is like I don't you know I kind of keep my clients a couple steps behind what's coming next and I'll talk <laughs> them through it so all of a sudden they're like in some crazy position they're like oh my god I'm doing it and it's like yeah because if I told you <laughs> right right you could just get there I know like, I, I sometimes like to stop my class if I if I notice that there's an energy in the room or of like harshness or if I feel like people are being harsh on themselves mm-hmm. um you know I'll, I'll stop class and I'll be like just take a second to remember that this is just bar it's just fun <laughs> this is <laughs> it's good for you and it's wonderful that you're here but like this in no way is going to be you know uh something you, you're not hurting anyone if you if you don't do that last plie you know <laughs> yeah. it's it's just you're not fun. hurting yourself and you're right. definitely not hurting yourself. Right. Exactly. It's like, you gotta, you gotta do what's right for you and like, not take, not take physical fitness so seriously. Not that it shouldn't be taken seriously in that we all want to be healthy. Right. But, but in that, like you, you gotta be having fun with what you're doing or you should find something else. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of people, I know that a lot of people will tell you that there is one way that you can get in shape. You know, mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. got to lift at the gym. Oh, you've got to drink these shakes or you've, you know, people <laughs> will tell you like all these things. This is like, Oh, this is what you've got to do. Yeah. I always tell our clients, like find something that you love that you will commit to and do that. And it doesn't have to be one particular thing. Like it, it can be anything, but if, if it was the best workout in the whole world and yet you hated it and you weren't going to do it every day, it's not going to, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to do anything. And what works for one person doesn't work for another. I make it a point never to tell my clients what I'm eating because. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not going to work for everybody. It doesn't always work for me. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, we've been doing this like challenge, as I said, so I've been having to, I've been posting recipes every day, but I'm always like putting stuff on there. Like here are all the things that you could do to make this fit your diet, whatever your, whatever, you know, your healthy eating habits are. Mm -hmm. Here's how you get this to work for you. Cause like I, I eat low carb, I'm a type one diabetic, so it's really helpful for me to eat low carb, but some people that does not work for their bodies. So I'm always like, if that doesn't work for you, then don't do it. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, yeah. I have a girlfriend of mine, her husband and I have partnered with this company called Omen Body, where we have a guide out because her, she's a nutritionist and she's like, you know, my clients need to move. I don't know what to tell them. 
And I was like, great. My clients asked me what to eat and (laughs) I don't want to tell them. (laughs) And so the whole idea behind it is, you know, it's not results-based. It is like, here is healthy eating. Here are recipes that you can tailor to your own life lifestyle. Um, and it's a guide. It is all, that is all it is. It's a yeah. guide. It's not the the way. It is not totally. the one way. And totally. So it, well, and there, I think if you try to if you try to restrict yourself um, to doing things one way, that you're setting yourself up for for failure in a lot of ways. You gotta you gotta have options, and it has to be something that is functional with your lifestyle. Absolutely. And, and sustainable. I mean, we are in an age where we're living longer than ever and the healthier we are, we're going to live even longer. And I mean, I don't know what that limit is. Right. But right. You know, yeah, you used to, everybody, everybody used to smoke. Now it's not as common as it was. And yeah. you know, there's just certain things. And um, do you see a difference in your clientele here than in Oklahoma city? Like when it comes to, um, I don't know, personalities in the studio, like what would you say is the biggest difference between a New York client and an Oklahoma City client? Um, well, I don't know. there's there are several big differences. Um, I mean, here you're forced to walk everywhere. So coming in immediately, you are going to be in better shape than somebody who, you know, isn't forced to walk Mm. everywhere. Mm. So I would say for people who are coming in as brand new people who, you know, don't, who haven't had, who haven't made physical fitness a part of their lives before um, people in New York already kind of have a leg up, Mm -hmm. which is is nice. Um, I would say that, well, one thing that's funny, I, I, this is more uh, just something that I've noticed uh, as a business owner is like when we, we, you know, we uh, had a certain number of yoga mats um, that are free to use. And when we first opened, we were like, oh, a lot of people will bring their own mats. And so we only need about 20. (laughs) And then like January 2nd hit and we had 35 people show up for class and nobody, Uh nobody brought their own mats. (laughs) And we were like, okay, this is a lesson for us about New Yorkers. They, you know, they don't have cars, so they can't, like, keep all their stuff with them all the time. They're packing for the whole day when they leave. Mm. So um, so we got more yoga mats. <laughs> you know? so, now, so now we have enough. Um, the other thing is, like, a lot of people in Oklahoma City are used to friendliness. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, me being... I'm a very like friendly person. I think sometimes almost think it's fake until they've met me a couple of times and then they're like, Oh no, she's just really like that. (laughs) And, and so, but that didn't happen in Oklahoma city as much. Everybody was like, Oh, used to it. And everybody's that, that friendly, (laughs) but we've had people come in to our studio and like really not know how to, how to handle that the first couple of times that they come in or like be really hard faced, you know, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of mean mugging no matter what, like, like people do in the city which I, I understand I do that, you know, when I'm walking around, but in, in the studio, it's very different from that. Um, and it's, it's been fun for me to watch a couple of people just totally shift in attitude. There's yeah. like always one girl that I think about in particular, um, that I remember like her first two or three classes, she came in and she like, didn't smile. And she just like would sign in. She wouldn't talk to anybody. And then she just sit down in her mat. <laughs> 
And then like her fourth class, she comes in and she's like, Hey, Lauren, <laughs> Very good smile on her face. She's like it. talking to her neighbor. I was like, what happened? <laughs> but, like, you know, it was, it's really cool to see somebody kind of, uh, break down their walls yeah, and let, let you in like that. And I think that, um, that's something that, that has been really rewarding about our studio in New York that wasn't the same way exactly in Oklahoma city. And we really make a point of it. I, I told all of our instructors this when we were opening that I wanted to make a point of, um, of knowing your students' names. Mm. Uh, you know, when they walk in the door, you should be able to greet them by, by name, if, especially if, you know, you've met them several times and if they come to your class regularly and our, our teachers have done a great job with that. It's something that comes really easy to me. I, I, I'm like a freak with names, basically. If, yeah. If you've, you. if you've come into <laughs> our studio, I like, I remember your name. And <laughs> It is a so. skill. It, it is the simplest thing you can do. And I learned this from another studio owner that I was teaching with um, or was teaching for in New York. She owns Shea's Fitness, Lauren Piskin. And I was teaching Pilates for her and she was very, very adamant on knowing everybody's name. And yeah. at the time I was also teaching preschool dance. Well, you know what? A three-year-old is going to be very mad at you that you don't know their name and they're going to correct yeah. you. Oh, right. I know. And they're like, that's not my name. Or like they, they, that connection is so simple and immediate knowing it's somebody's easy. name. Yeah. That company that, um, my husband and I do some work for called little maestros. It's like, you know, music classes are like almost like a little show, but for like babies, I mean, three months to three years, they're really little. Um, and we do this one song towards the beginning of every class where we go around and introduce like welcome each baby by name. Yeah. And that takes some practice, you know, like be able to, to do that. And, you know, babies, they are, they're so cute, but they, a lot of them look alike. <laughs> you know, they don't all have like super, uh, they just have like no hair and like you know, yeah. big eyes. It's all of them. Oh my gosh. So, um, it's definitely like a skill that once you practice, you get a lot better at. And I think it makes such a big difference. And I always laugh, like with little maestros, if you don't remember a baby's name, their mom is like, <laughs> yeah, their moms will tell you, <laughs> so right? You remembered every other baby. You really have to be on your game with that. Um, yeah. and, and I, like, I think it's such an easy way of, uh, of letting somebody know that they, are meaningful to your community. Absolutely. And because, you know, New Yorkers do get a bad rap that we're all horribly mean and it can be true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I have some stories, but it can be true. And, but you're also coming into a place where, you know, there is that intimidation factor, the, the exercise, the expectation, the comparison and, you know, people are coming in pretty vulnerable, whether they want to say it or not. And like, oh, it, yeah, it, it is a vulnerable place. And that's why we we try to pretty much immediately, like the second you walk in the door, there's smiles on our faces, we're going to tell you everything mm -hmm. you need to know, so that you don't feel as vulnerable. And you're able to just, you know, use that time, use the time that you have in class at the studio for like yourself. And to do something good for yourself rather than like self judging and, and worrying about, you know, what you're doing the whole time, but just be comfortable and be here with us in this studio and, and do something positive. Absolutely. And 
my next question. Um, so as a studio owner, what would you say your biggest challenge is? Hmm. Uh, well, I would say um, as much as, so it's kind of a, a catch-22 with technology. <laughs> because, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> as we know. I think that a lot of our generation is dealing with this, um, not just business owners, but anybody who, who works, which is all of us pretty much. Um, I think that, so without like social media and, um, you know, technology, we, we use mind body, which most studios use without things like that, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be much harder for as many studios to be open. I think that, you know, we, we would, we would have, there, there would be less, um, options for physical fitness. However, it also means that I am on call all the time, you know, 24 seven. And since we're a small business and we're still, you know, pretty new, I actually answer all of our, all of our calls on my cell phone. Um, so now I, I have a couple of other people who help me. My husband helps me and we use Google voice. And then one of our instructors, Christy, she helps me as well. We use Google voice. So I can go on all three of our phones um, but it's mostly, I, I mostly take the calls and I will tell you that people have called at midnight <laughs> at four, four in the morning. Um, I mean, people, it, I, it, it blows, it blows me away sometimes. Uh, and, and like people will expect you to be available no matter what time it is. I mean, on our outgoing voicemail, it says like, if you need a more immediate response, you can text us. So I'll have people. You're nice. Yeah, we are. I I give give people a lot of ways to get a hold of us. I mean, people will text us at 1030 at night and be like, why aren't you responding? Put me in this class tomorrow. You know, and it's like, okay, (laughs) I want to be I want to be here for you for sure and, and help you out. But at the same time, I just think that without technology being like what it is, people wouldn't expect so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, there's so many ways like you can get a hold of someone nowadays and yeah. be like, well, you have your phone on you. Now you have your Apple Watch on your wrist. Yeah. Of course, you saw my email. Why and aren't people, you responding? <laughs> I mean, and it's great. It's good. For, it's good for a lot of reasons that people have ways to get a hold of us. As I said, it's like a it's 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 a catch 22. It's bittersweet. It's like uh, really good in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it means that you have to constantly be on because people will send us messages. Us will send me messages to my personal Instagram and Facebook pages to do stuff for them. And I, you know, I have my email address. I have our business uh, Instagram and Facebook. We, we allow people to text us. People will text me at my personal number. People, you know, like, oh my God. <laughs> a lot of ways that you can get a hold of yeah. us and, and they're all used, which is really, I'm again, I'm happy that we're able to be um, so present and available to people. But I, I do sometimes have to say, like, hey, you got to give me a little time. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, Absolutely. A, it's Christmas Eve or you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like little things like that. I have to be like, uh, I, I just have to learn to set boundaries for myself, which, you know, as a new business owner, it's just something I'm still learning. Um, I would say you know, the the biggest challenge as a business owner has, has, has been that and, and just the learning curve. 
I didn't go to school for business. I went for music theater. So, so that I, I, uh, I can't say that that prepared me in the best way for what I'm doing, even though I'm happy that that's what I did. It was, um, a lot of work like a year ago this time we blew up. I mean, we all of a sudden just had 30 something people in class. We weren't expecting to, you know, have classes that big that quickly. And it really uh, has been that way kind of ever since, ever Mm. since this time last year, I can expect, you know, wait lists for our evening classes every week. Mm. And so, um, you know, there, there was, there was some time that I had to, you know, learn kind of more of what I was doing, learn the right way to do things, learn the wrong way to do things, uh, learn, you know, how to handle issues with instructors, how to handle issues with clients, how to handle issues with anything, you know, and um, I, I, I know I'm going to continue to learn more, especially as we continue to grow. And so, I, yeah, it's just you just have to be like willing to learn all those things and willing to willing to fail yeah yeah it's trial and I mean I'm with you I did not go to school for business and my learning curve was huge still is sometimes I'm like all right let's figure this one out um but you have to be willing to put yourself out there and and even just if you're not opening a studio you're just teaching mistakes are going to happen and I know for myself yeah I kind of lived my life along for a while, like I didn't want to make any mistakes. So it was like, I tried everything in my power not to make a mistake. And that's when the biggest mistakes would happen. Oh yeah, of course. And I just accept now that I'm, I'm, I'm like a, I'm not a type A person. I call myself like a type B plus, like I'm not quite (laughs) at type A and because I do silly things that I, you know, even today I thought I had an appointment at 12. So I canceled hanging out with a friend. Well, that appointment was at one. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like right. I do like, cause yeah. I was traveling and I just like, I do that. I, and I make silly mistakes like that. And I used to really like get caught up and like have some anxiety over it. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of a silly person. I can't, I can only do my best. And it's usually a sign that I've spread myself too thin and I've re-entered, you know, working, too much maybe on yeah. that week. And like, I should have given myself a little bit more space and it's always a learning process, but I had to really like cut out the like self-hatred of like, Oh my God, why did I forget this? Or I double booked. Or, oh, oh my totally. goodness. And you know, cause those failures are going to happen because it's the moments when yep. you, you learn well, like, the most. If you're going to try a new exercise in class. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, people might, might not respond <laughs> to it. Well, like that, you know, I, I, and just anything in studio yes. life, I, you know, things with people's accounts, all these things. <laughs> I, I tell, I've gotten to a place like, you know, when we first opened, I took everything like very seriously. I was like always on edge or, you know, like mm-hmm. everything was had to be very, had to be done right and perfectly and everything. And now I, I, I tell our teachers, I'm like, if something goes wrong, it's bar. Yeah, it's, just, it's all fixable. Like it's even if it's not, even if it's, and then that can be like placed. It's just, it's just blank. Right. It's just, it's right. We're not, it's I'm fine. not running the world. I'm just running a bar studio. <laughs> and even then, like, I mean, the rules are loose these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's why I keep telling myself, well, Hey, at least I'm doing a better job. Yeah. Right. 
I know my husband laughs at me because I'm like, it's not a big deal. He's like, you're always like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, you know what? Because I'm like a disaster thinker. If I'm on a train, I'm like, all right, if it crashes, how am I getting out of here? That's a oh, yeah. terrible way to be. I don't recommend it. But honestly, oh, I am like, that way too. I, so I totally understand. Yeah, but it, so I try to view as everything. It's like, it's a really it's okay. Like, and I'm very driven and it's mostly talk to myself talk, right? I'm talking to myself mostly for that. It's like, it's fine. It's, yeah. It's, I'm only teaching bar. I'm only teaching Pilates. I'm o- like, okay. I spell there and there wrong all the time. Cause I'm on my phone, like composing <laughs> emails, like right. apart and apart. Like, is there a space? I don't know. Why or lay? Like, I just, I can remember I, being in school and oh, sitting there yeah. looking at my grammar teacher being like, oh yeah, no, I don't get this. (laughs) And it's like, you're, I was young. I was like in sixth grade and I'm like, oh no, Mm -mm. this is totally never going to stick. And with (laughs) with autocorrect and like, oh, spell check, all of it. Like, man, all of it can, can kind of mess with you too. I mean, you don't know. I kept like, this was kind of when we had first opened, I remember I got an email about something that wasn't like the end of the world, but it was about something kind of touchy. This, this girl was like, upset that she had missed a class or something like that and uh, I I wrote back like a nice response and then I typed best with a comma and I it accidentally changed to a question mark and I just like sent it right out and then I realized like oh my gosh that looks like I'm being sarcastic or like oh yeah yeah like because the rest of the response was like so nice I was like oh my gosh you probably thinks I'm being fake or something and it's like (laughs) best like, <laughs> question <laughs> and so yeah I mean you've really like I think that leads right into that was a lot of like great advice from you for teachers for studio owners but what would you give um to a teacher that's thinking about the potential of opening their own studio what's some advice that you would give hmm. um I would say uh that you need to be really clear about about what you're doing, about like what you want your, the vibe of your studio to be. And that's very, very important from the get go. Um, and the most important thing about your studio will be your instructors, hands down. Hmm. If you do not have good instructors, you will not have a good studio. That is what makes a studio are the instructors. So I think, um, putting a focus on paying your instructors well and treating them with respect and making it clear to them the type of energy that you want to exist in your business is um, that's probably my, my biggest tip. And I think that the owner of the balance yoga bar studios in Oklahoma city who co-owns this one in New York with us, um, I think that she does a really great job of that. Like if you talk to her about BYB, she's going to tell you that I want this to be, you know, a space where all feel welcome. I want this to be a space where anybody feels like they can get a good workout. Anybody feels like, um, like they can be a part of our community. And she makes a big deal out of the community aspect, which, you know, in turn has made me always focus on the community aspect. And now that's a big part of our New York location. Amazing. Great. Perfect advice. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. And before we totally wrap up, 
And I do a little segment called, quote unquote, Heard at the Bar. It's something I do over social media. And I want to know what is something that you've heard said about bar that you either know to be true or something that surprised you to be untrue? Um, So, for example, you know, you hear a lot like, oh, bar is really hard. Like, yes, we know that, you know, (laughs) or I'm not flexible enough. Yeah. And I can't do it. So is there something that you've heard along the way that, you know, either to be completely true that surprised you or something that you'd like to debunk a little bit yeah and I I hate when people are are like oh well bar isn't really for guys Mm. Mm, I hate that (laughs) (laughs) no it's so good for guys it's so good for men um well as we were saying before both of our husbands oh it's all the hips because they never externally rotate their legs I know (laughs) I know and, like, I mean, my husband, he does my bar and Pilates classes. I'll tell you that, like, our whole relationship, not that he, he's always been in, like, fine shape, just fine. Like, he's naturally, he, he is naturally pretty, like, thin and fit looking. But I have never seen his arms as as awesome as they are now. <laughs> <laughs> From, like, a couple of years of Pilates. And then a couple of months ago, I just committed I told all of all of our students, I said, guys, if you're coming into my classes, you should expect to do push-ups in every class. You're going to do some push-ups. And um, his biceps now are like popping where, <laughs> where he did not hardly have biceps before. And it's really good for men. We, I, we've gotten another one of our good friends um, into it recently. And he, he comes to like, you know, several bar classes a week, like three or four a week. And he feels so much better than he did before. Love it. And it can be really good for guys, especially um, like guys who are really into physical fitness and who do all of the like heavy weightlifting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I always recommend to them and I've heard, you know, trainers and other people recommend things like this as well to like do bar yoga or Pilates on your off days from right. that. Exactly. And I'm so it drives me crazy when I hear people say that bar isn't for men because it is. It's really great for men and mm-hmm. they should do it, too. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love yeah. it. That's a great one. It hasn't. Um, that one hasn't come up yet and I'm so glad you did bring it up and it's I know that'll be like a fight for a while it was in yoga and now that's it you don't really hear right. that much around yoga saying like oh it's right. for women well I understand how some of the how some of the exercises in bar can feel like effeminate or whatever but I think you have to embrace that and understand that like being able to be comfortable with that is um you know, I, I always think that men who are who are comfortable with feeling with getting in touch with their feminine side, as you might say, um, I always feel like those those men kind of their, their masculinity shows to me more when they are when they can be more comfortable with it. Absolutely. That and like a little softness never hurt. <laughs> yeah, but totally. Totally. I, and like and being able to laugh at yourself. Absolutely. Uh, being able to, you know, say like, I, I, I may look silly doing this and I don't care. Yeah. And sharing that because experience. It's, because it's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing that experience. And like, uh, you know, women also ha- feel those, those things while they're doing bar. Absolutely. They also feel like, oh my gosh, do I, look, do I look like an idiot doing this exercise right now? And like, 
The answer is no. And even if you do, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no one like, cares. No, nobody cares because they're just looking at themselves. Absolutely. No one's noticing but yourself. And, you know, with the, I agree with you with like the, you know, men feeling, oh, you know, these moves, it's a, a little bit more great. It can be a little bit more graceful, a little bit more delicate. But that, yeah, it goes for everybody. It goes for, you know, maybe some women and some other like, tougher you know a crossfit or a boot camp right. class and they don't want to go to the gym because oh it's feeling a little too masculine in there and um you know movement's not just for one type of person it's for everybody no, it's and for then, everybody so it's I mean I know it's going to be a long haul but I'm excited to see that shift eventually happen that bar is just bar for sure well I, I'm seeing it more and more good um yeah there's like you know there are some guys that come in that I, to bar that you wouldn't expect to see in a bar class now, which I, I really love. There's one guy who he used to only do yoga. Mm. And when he started coming to our studio, he, he only did yoga at first. And then he did a bar class and he always wears a fitness tracker. And he came out of a bar class and he's like, I just burned like 400 calories. <laughs> he was like, anywhere I've ever done yoga, I always burn like 150-ish. But here, even a yoga class, I'll burn like 300, 350. But then in a bar class, I'll burn like 400. It's like, this is insane. He's, I, he's like, I, I have to keep doing it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh -huh. And and he does. He he's there every week. So uh, you know, so great. It it really is a good thing for all types of people, not just women, not just skinny people, not just you know. I I feel like communities of color need to be um, need to have more affordable options for bar. Yeah, I mean boutique fitness. You know, going down that alley a little bit. Um, definitely puts a barrier and things like, I don't know if you deal with class pass and, you know, some yeah, other, <laughs> or, I know it's not, I mean, <laughs> uh, yes, there's a, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. But, we need to get into class. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that was kind of the first time that young people were really able to get into the boutique, you know, boutique yeah. fitness kind of boomed. And then before that, I did not have a lot of young Pilates clients. And, oh, right. um, but it's also shifting people's views because, you know, with the issues we all have with class pass, which we won't necessarily go down, that's <laughs> going to be another hour long conversation yeah. and debate, but, um, investing in their health. And there are so many options where there are free classes online. Oh, yeah. There is so many. I can, like, list off. I, there mean, are free, I mean, we do free classes at the studio. Almost yes. Anytime there's a holiday, we do free classes. Like, we we put out our, our deal online is you can buy – on our website is you can buy two months of unlimited classes for $79. No, girl. If you're a new student. <laughs> I know. And that, you know, I think that, you know, for, for new students, that, that gives you um, – you know, kind of a, a chance to try this out and see if it's going to be the right thing for you without spending so much money that, um, you know, you're really having to worry about your finances or anything. I, I mean, I, I'm not wealthy. I have never been wealthy. And sometimes when I see like the amount that people have to pay just to get their favorite workout, I'm, I'm always like, ah, oh, I, you know, I couldn't do that. Yeah, and I, I think it's our responsibility as teachers and, you know, other maybe studio owners out there of, 
you know, there's community classes at like the Lululemon and Athletas and there's, oh, yeah. there's the, you know, the classes in the park in the summer when it's nice out here. I mean, there's so many ways, but the, the problem usually is, is that people don't know about them. Right. Well, and I, I think also like if you find something, as, as I said earlier, like if you find something that works for you, you want to stick with that. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of our goals is, is to like be an affordable option for something that's quality and, um, you know, that people will enjoy and really stick with, but, but letting them have that at a more affordable rate. Yeah. And I mean, I get questions about pricing a lot, even on my own end and, you know, as a different kind of business owner, it's also owning your worth, right. And knowing, right. And not being ashamed of that, right? So we're not sitting here saying like, oh, don't charge that for class, like, because it's not for everybody. It's own it. And then then being right, able to right. serve with that. And then like, so I always ask myself like, okay, I have different kind of like points of engagement. There's a price for the training, then there's a price for the manual, and then there's a price for this. And, and okay, the more I get, the more I can give. So exactly, exactly. I, I can give the free content and the tips and the podcast away because again, like I, it's not about my moves. It's about just sharing creativity and, but then owning the fact that like, okay, there's, there's going to be a point where like, okay, the more I can get money wise, then I can spread that even more and yeah, just totally. getting creative with those ways, whether it is a community pop-up or a fundraiser and stuff like that, I think is, is super important to spread, spread that out. So then um, more people in communities that maybe don't have a bar studio near them or they can't afford to go to the bar studio, like there's still an option for everybody. Yeah. Well, there. It's, a, it's a balancing act for sure. Absolutely. You know, trying to set your prices <laughs> to be something that's going to be accessible for a lot of people. And like, you know, as I said, one of our goals now, this is every studio is going to have, and every business is going to have their own set of goals. But one of our goals was to be an affordable option for mm-hmm. those people that don't have it. And, mm-hmm. But that was, you know, we had to kind of adjust our prices for a little bit at first. You know, what, what do we do to make it affordable for more people, but also still be able to pay our rent? Right. Know? And in order and, to uh, give that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And and as our, our um, you know, goals are to grow into, into uh, several locations in the city. And so we can reach even more people. I'd like to, you know, maybe even be in some areas that don't have much right now. And, um, you know, so in order to grow, we, we have to make money, obviously, but we also want to do that with a good balance of, of affordability for our, our clients. Amazing. Amazing. All right. One more little segment for you. Yeah. Called what's in your bar B-A-R we're talking about. So (laughs) right now my bar consists mostly of like teas and smoothies, but um, if I am drinking, I am a rosé all day kind of gal. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, I pretty much, I don't drink like sodas and I don't drink coffee or, um, same. I'm not a coffee girl. I'm not a, yeah, well, I cut out caffeine several years ago because I, I'm already kind of an amped up person. (laughs) (laughs) I always (laughs) always compare it. Like, I don't know, in science class when a kid, we had to do this amoeba 
thing. We had to like drop like alcohol in the amoeba. We had to drop like nicotine and like see the reaction. And another one was like caffeine and, you know, it like shakes and then it kind of dies. And <laughs> I'm like, that's me on coffee. Like I just shake and yeah. like collapse. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I mostly like during the day, I pretty much exclusively drink water. I'll sometimes have a smoothie or some tea. Um, but then, no, I, I do like me some rosé. That is mostly my thing. I also like whiskey. Well, girl, (laughs) that's hardcore. (laughs) That's that folk singer country girl. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love it. Amazing. That is the rock star in me. That is. That is very rock star of you. (laughs) Well, thank you, Lauren, for joining me today and sharing all your stories and your journey with all of us. And can you tell the listeners where they can find and follow you? Yeah. So um, follow our studio, Balance Yoga Bar NYC. That's our our Instagram handle, just at Balance Yoga Bar NYC. Um, And then you can follow me. My name is Lauren Castile. My Instagram handle is at Lauren Castile. Amazing. Yeah, Balance you. and balanceyogabar.com. It has all the information about our studio. We give every single person your first class for free. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.